Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a new episode of Flesh Wound Farce, where we review and discuss your and our favorite comedy films. This is the world's first and only combination trivia host and professional wrestling announcer of Chilean descent that currently resides in Southern California, Ozzy V. And with me as always on this program, first in the Northern California Bay Area, world-famous juggler Greg Larson. How you doing, Greg? Look, WrestleMania is coming up, and VR has been good lately, so life is fantastic. How about yourself, Ozzy? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well, and I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. Recording this on, we're one week away from WrestleMania. March, recording this on March 26th, I'm getting ready to ramp up with a, the next week of trivia. Now, obviously, this is going to be released in a few weeks, but I'll be starting trivia four nights a week. Looking forward to that. I did want to point out, you looks like I've not seen that jersey before. Is that a new one? Uh, I don't know if it's made the podcast, but I've had it for quite some time. It's uh, specifically for this episode, though. Oh, look at that. Very well for those listening the audio version. You have the Hill Valley Gigawatts. Fantastic. Also with us, Flesh Wound producer Todd in his... Uh, undisclosed location. <laughs> undisclosed location, missing his, uh, his regular... Uh, I mean, he's got a pillow there in terms of, of decorations. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> we don't need to get me angry because it's a reason to be happy for this episode as we will be reviewing and discussing Clue, which was released on December 13th, 1985. But as a special treat, we will have, actually, our, we do have with us the director of the Clue documentary, Who Done It, Jeff Smith. Oh, How hello. are you, Jeff? Hey, here I am. Hi, I'm doing well. Good to be here, guys. So, so glad to have you on. Uh, it, was, it was hilarious to see, actually. I want to congratulate you. Uh, we, this movie was coming up on the pike line because we had a lot of the Patreon members requesting it. And we had them requesting it because of the documentary. <laughs> oh. Look at that. Nice. Okay. Absolutely. And plus, what's even better is... This just became available on Prime this past week on Amazon Prime and Paramount Plus. So it just hit the streaming hit, uh, sites. What was really odd about it is I had the the email that said, movies we think you'll enjoy, right? And it had like John Wick, Terminator 2, Clue. Wait a second. Like, you know, it had like the all these action movies and then just Clue in the middle. So I don't know if it was in my <laughs> DMs or anything like that. But I... I'm going to give you credit there because you're generating interest on this movie. And like it said, it didn't have a lot of, you know, it wasn't really popular when it came out. So that's got to feel yeah, pretty great. I, get I've, all been, this extra I've been pretty surprised. It. I've been pretty surprised that over the years, I've, when I first, I've been working on this documentary for about five years. And when I started, I really didn't know too many people that were into Clue. And uh, they've kind of slowly over the years have been presenting themselves. And now, and it, what fabulous timing to have a Clue documentary that all these people suddenly have showed up and uh, are listening to Clue as I knock my microphone over. And Sorry. also congratulations on your Blu-ray was like one of the quickest selling ones from the Vinegar Syndrome partner labels. That slipcover was gone and yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, that was weird. Yeah, I, yeah, I was surprised. I oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> no. I got one, but <laughs> I have one uh, because I didn't know it was going. I didn't know it was going on sale until the day it was on sale, where they they emailed me and went, "Hey, it's up. You might want to promote it." 
I thought I'll I'll buy one first. <laughs> Smart move. Yeah. All right. So before we dig deeper into this conversation, a little bit more information. Again, released on December thirteenth, nineteen eighty-five. Rated PG. This was an eighties PG, so it'd probably be a PG thirteen by today's standards. I guess that'd be fair. Maybe some it's moments. It is borderline. If there was a borderline between PG and PG-13, I think that would be it. PG-13 is basically an R rating now without nudity. Is it? Okay. Well, fair enough. But moving on. Todd, do you have a trailer ready? I do. Excellent. Let's see it. Every person in this room has the perfect motive. Stand back! For murder. What do you mean? Murder. But only one of these suspects is the murderer. Is it the timid Mr. Green? Why are you screaming? Because I'm frightened! Screaming! Or the militant Colonel Mustard? If I was the killer, I would kill you next. Huh? Sit me up. Mrs. White, who helped her husband on his way. What's the matter of life after death? Now that he's dead, I have a life. Ah! Miss Scott, (laughs) who's helped many men along the way. Practice makes perfect. Professor Plum, who's looking for a way. I'm looking, I'm looking. Mrs. Peacock. (laughs) I have absolutely no idea what we're doing here, but I am determined to enjoy myself. Or did the butler do it? No. 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 Paramount Pictures invites you to an evening of mystery. Murder. This is getting quite serious. And madness. In the movie that makes a scene of the crime. It's not just a game anymore. Does anybody know what score that the music is actually from? That was Elmer Bernstein with Airplane, actually. That was Airplane score, yep, absolutely. I thought that was interesting to hear that instead of the John Morris. Yeah. Still, I guess, comedic score, nonetheless. Paramount. Exactly. Again, the the movie has a runtime of 97 minutes, directed by Jonathan Lynn, with the story by John Landis and Jonathan Lynn. Uh, I love how your duck goes into so much detail about the creation of the script and ultimately the production itself with john john landis exiting the director spot starring by today's standard would be an all-star cast and still like Mm -hmm. i guess an all-star cast by then but they didn't hit so many of their peaks you have christopher lloyd back to the future was then and what's funny martin mole usually when i when we review these all if there's a familiar face just bothering me i'll just like look it up where do i remember him from your doc nailed it with Mr. Mom. That's exactly who I remembered him from <laughs> when I saw Martin Mull there. But you also had Eileen Brennan, Tim Curry, Michael McKean. Just Spinal Tap is one of my all-time favorites. So I actually find the commentary on Spinal Tap making the movie much better. Uh, and also Leslie Ann Warren and Colleen Camp leaving as well, rounding out the primary eight. So before Clue, Initial thoughts on this. I mean, how old were you when you first saw it? And was there, like, when you'd first heard about it, did you have any initial thoughts before you jumped in? When I first saw it, uh, well, it came out, I'm old enough that I was old, that I was alive when it came out in theaters, but it was in and out of theaters so fast. 
that I did not see it in theaters. I just remember the big gimmick of Clue when it came out in theaters was it had three endings. And depending on which theater you went to, it would be a different killer. Uh, so I do remember seeing the marquee at one theater in La Mirada, California that said Clue and then it had a box with an A in it. That meant it was the A ending, which I think was the ending where, spoilers, uh, they all did it. Um, uh, but so I didn't see it until it came out on home video. And when it came out on home video, that's uh, where all the Indians are included. And that's the way you see it now. And uh, I just kept renting it over and over and over and over again. Cause that's back in the day when, if you wanted to buy a VHS, it was $99. <laughs> so uh, that was definitely in my heavy rotation of rentals at video palace in Fullerton. Uh, that the Michael Jackson thriller video, oh, yes. um, Cloak and Dagger, Midnight Madness, and uh, what else is and Goonies, I guess. Midnight and Back Madness. to the Future. That's one for the of future. Course. Which one, one for the future? Mid- Midnight Madness. That one's. Oh. I haven't heard thought of that forever. It's funny you would say that. It'll it'll be on the list for sure. <laughs> Greg, <clears throat> initial yeah, thoughts. Yeah, uh, this so. I saw this movie in high school and I definitely enjoyed it um, with, with some friends. Um, But I think I just enjoyed it. The older I got, like it just got better and better because I just appreciated every little bit of it. And the fact like, I wish, I wish I was old enough and to see or to have known this in theater, having multiple endings, like what a great, gimmick like that you don't see ever you know you don't see that kind of thing so it's just such a brilliant idea um i i watched this today to review it again with my wife and she'd never seen the movie um and i was trying to tell her about it you know and i was like oh this got this great all-star cast and when i mentioned madeline khan she was like you know, I've heard that name, but I don't know who that is. I almost got a divorce wow. today, guys. Um, but, um, yeah, no, but oh, it was, boy. it was, it's, this movie's always been one of the, the classics. So um, it was great to rewatch today. Todd? Well, <laughs> uh oh. I did see it in theaters. I was nine years old when it came out. Uh oh. And I saw it twice and I ran out of parents. True story. <laughs> First inning I got was the, Mrs. Peacock, and then the second one that my dad took me to, I remember that was the everyone one. Yeah, yeah so um, they did give you little clue cards like with little check boxes on it too, which I wished, yeah, well, I'm nine year old me. Oh, no this. kidding. Yeah. So I, I, and I don't, I don't know if you came across any during No, the I've never, I've never seen, I'm sure you would think they'd be on eBay by now. I do have a weird chalkboard that came out in video stores that said uh i think you're supposed to write guesses on who was doing it like in the store right uh, it's something i don't remember back in the day but uh i, I got an e- i get a lot of clue emails now <laughs> and so when anything pops up people say have you seen this and then uh before i if i want to buy it i don't promote it <laughs> and i buy it and then i put it up and go look what this is and i have <laughs> Uh, which is how I ended up with the matte paintings uh, from the movie as well. That's that's really cool. Totally fair. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so to be completely honest, this uh, I had always seen this movie in parts, and I had never seen it all the way through from start to finish, including like 
I'm pretty sure including the endings, all of the endings, I'd seen a lot of the a lot of the cop scene, a lot of the motorist scene, like just on TV whenever it was, it was on, and I just never got around to it. But I'm glad it did come up. Just and I, I think that if this had been introduced to me when I was a lot younger, I probably would have been it would have been in the Indiana Jones Back to the Future rotation for sure. And this uh, well, I think I think the I don't know if you could describe it as a problem, but I had airplane and all the Mel Brooks movies access to me at a very early age. So this feels like it would have fit right in there, especially seeing Madeline Kahn. That would have been a sure. you know, somebody I would have really enjoyed watching and <clears throat> and I would have been so I, I almost feel regret that I haven't been able to reference this more on my trivia nights when I do these stupid music clues. But I'm glad moving forward I will be able to 100. percent Never too so, late, Ozzy. It's never too late. I, I am. I'm looking forward to it. I am curious. As I was watching the the doc, I was the entire time. I'm thinking, what is your favorite movie? Favorite moment out of the entire film? It's hard to, to not just even mention just the last 20 minutes. It's the second uh, Tim Curry says, "I know who did it." And furthermore, I'm going to tell you how it was all done. And then it doesn't stop. And it's just him going a mile a minute. And um, it's it's the kind of thing that I think uh, one of the reasons people love it is because they want to. They want to. I remember as a 10-year-old scene that I wanted to put on Clue as a play. And I wanted to play Wadsworth. And then I realized I can't talk that fast <laughs> or memorize that many lines. It's impossible. Um, but really, once that kicks in. But... I've seen it a couple times in the last year or two on the big screen and it's been fun watching it with audiences now and uh, seeing things that I hadn't seen before. So now my favorite thing is just watching Madeline Kahn because she's doing weird stuff in the background where she's just kind of making weird faces and, <laughs> and hand gestures and she's picking something off of Ms. Uh, Professor Plum's back at one point in a scene. It's just really bizarre. And now on the big screen and, you know, high def and everything, you can really see things that you never saw on VHS. So now that I've seen it a few times uh, like that, I'll just pick somebody. You know, Michael McKeon's doing weird stuff. When he goes off to the bathroom to throw up, when he finds out that they had uh, monkey's brains uh, in the Mrs. Peacock ending, he goes into the bathroom. And then while he's there, Mrs. Peacock is revealed as one of the killers and she has the gun. And then Mr. Green comes out of the bathroom. So if you're watching him in the back, he like comes out, he's wiping his mouth and throwing up. And then he just kind of stops like, what did I miss? <laughs> and I had never seen that before either until watching it on the big screen. It's, oh, I always loved seeing these small bits of detail that everybody's just so into the character, into the moment that these little bits of magic happen. To your point of just small details is seeing Yvette still holding the stick that was drawn to her like throughout the next scene, she's still holding that matchstick, which yeah. I, I couldn't get over. That was hilarious. Um, <clears throat> but I don't want to jump in here too quickly. Todd, how about a favorite moment? That's a hard one. I mean, I mean, the ending is so iconic, but I, I got to go with, because I catch myself every time I'm watching it saying the punchlines. And and the one in my real life, if and, I, and I've actually done this with Ozzy and he didn't get it at the time. If anyone ever says to make a long story short, I wait for it. 
every day of my life. If I, yeah. Too late. I actually do recall the moment. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't realize he was quoting a movie. He thought he was just being a jerk. Could have went either yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, it was kind of par for the course, so. Yeah, one oh, doesn't yeah. negate the other. <laughs> so. Fair enough. Greg? Yeah. Um, gosh, there's so many to choose from. And I, I was really having a tough time picking like one specific moment. Um, but I, I again, the ending, so many great bits within it. But Madeline Kahn, when she finally starts to admit to uh, being the murderer uh, of of the the maid, just <laughs> I wonder how much film there is of her actually going off. But like, first off, her moment of of telling it was great. But then when Tim Curry was just like, "All right, moving on," like that also is just like one great bit after another uh, was just fantastic. And um, it, it just I, I really want to know how much extra film there was with this movie of them just having fun with it. I think for the most part, that's the, from what I understand that the flames line you're referring to flames on the side uh-huh. of my face is the only ad lib in the entire movie. Everything else is very oh, scripted because it's so, because it is a murder mystery and it has to, it kind of has to make sense at the end, uh, mm-hmm. even with multiple endings, you have to look back and go, okay, that character is not in the scene right now or, or something like that. But also it's, they watched the movie His Girl Friday by Howard Hawks uh, to mm-hmm. start when, before they start filming because the, the director, Jonathan Lynn, wanted the dialogue to just be bam, 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 bam. And it's still, again, going back to watching it in the theater a couple weeks ago, it plays like better than most movies that are in theaters now. It was, it was just fun to watch. And not, it doesn't feel like an 80s movie. It's probably because it does take place in, in 54. But and there is no, you know, dance song like Dragnet at the end uh, to finish it. You know, who got it? Music uh, rap at the end, which I would have loved to see it actually. But uh, it doesn't feel eighties. It 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 just kind of still plays even today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, sorry, Todd. No, I know people always ask. You know, you know, what's your Tim Curry movie? I mean, of course. I mean, this is the first thing I always think of. Even though I'm a horror guy, I think this over Pennywise. It's actually funny because that's the first time I ever saw Tim Curry was in the role of Pennywise. So when I saw him in these other roles, I was like, huh, I guess he's not an evil clown. You know, it's funny (laughs) in the doc, they talk about, you know, the multiple endings being confusing to people. I remember being nine and not being confused by that concept. I don't know why. It, it, you know, it, it, who knows? I, 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 they all have different theories about why it wasn't the a big success. No, it's, it's, it, no, it's, it's uh, lead in the gasoline. That's why, you know, they're yeah, still they getting rid of it. So there you go. We're still in the air. You know, what is there? What do you mean? There are but, three different kinds, but I'll choose none. <laughs> <laughs> Take that movie. <laughs> of the Nile this weekend. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I did Pretty see the too. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know if it was, I was, a, well, I was also a big Clue board game fan. It was my favorite game, so I was really excited for this movie. So, I, I guess the concept was easier to grasp, maybe, too. <laughs> yeah, they really do lean on the, on the marketing on the game, and with the fact that the tagline is, it's not just a game anymore. Um, or it's the who did it in which room and with what. They really leaned on it. Uh, but it's funny, on the posters, it all says Clue the movie. Right. 
but in the opening credits, it just says Clue. Yeah. They didn't have to differentiate. <laughs> I think you're a Santa Claus in the movie. <laughs> Which, by the, the way, I part. didn't have that moment in, in the doc where I was like, wait, did the movie The Santa Claus come out that long ago? And uh, oh, I was thinking Tim Allen's Santa Claus. And, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> no E, no E. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's another Santa Claus, Greg. I'm yes. Yeah. So, so okay, Greg. Yeah, the um, the Madeline Kahn line, the Flames line. That that was the line that got me and it had me and in tears to the point where I needed to. I was missing what happened afterward. I needed to go back <laughs> and and catch up. So, I will actually take. There was actually a line that was said in the duck that actually made me laugh probably as much as something in the movie, only because of matter of circumstance is when the uh, director, Jonathan Lynn, talks about how he was sent to Los Angeles and he, you know, Jonathan Landis tells him all this stuff. And he's like, okay, well, who done it? He's like, I don't know. That's why I need a writer. And he tells his agent, he's like, I got a bad feeling about this. I, <laughs> yeah. You know, okay. I don't think we should continue. He's like, well, make something work. And yeah, like he said, well, he got you a first class ticket. You got to work for it, right? Yeah. Uh, and then he talks about, you know, torture, two months trying to figure all this out. And then he just puts something together Landis says it's fine, so he goes back home. He's like, you know, I got this loosely. How's this gonna work? And then he finds out that five other writers had tried. Yeah, and and the fact that like that to me that was the curb moment in my head. That's where he heard there's five other writers on this. That's the <laughs> ending of the first episode of the season. You know where this guy's got to write this movie. But if they do like the offer of the making of the Godfather movie for Clue, that would be uh, at the end of that episode where he goes, "Oh, it's okay. We had five other writers." Exactly. That show till this very moment, the Paramount Plus, it would work. That's true. <laughs> there you go. I don't see why not. It could just be a miniseries run for like, yeah, six episodes. Instead of doing a reboot with Ryan Reynolds, they could just do a, a dramatization of making a clue. It's kind of like doing a sequel without doing a sequel. Well, I don't think it. I think it'd be more like Knives Out than it would be. I don't think they would do it just like the '85 movie. I think it's going to be a Clue and and uh, murder mystery and probably funny. And that's about it. I would imagine. But they've been talking about a Clue reboot for a very long time. I don't even mention it in the documentary. I was kind of back and forth on it, thinking, "Oh, do we?" Because the only uh, cast member from the original Clue that talked about it was Leslie Ann Warren and she said uh, she was not pro reboot um, but that was basically it she goes and no remakes like on our way out I'm like okay uh, <laughs> but and then you know it's just been talked about for years and years and years and I'll believe it when I see it there was that uh, like little wasn't it like a tween like Canadian like show Cluedo it was like eight episodes Oh, maybe that's yeah. That's called Cluedo everywhere else. Yeah, so it's very possible. There's some foreign, like it's yeah. I haven't got to see it, but I yeah, it's out there somewhere. Okay, so that's enough. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I I, I think yeah. the best way to capitalize like on on this fan base that would I because there's like whenever a sequel comes out, like when Kingdom of the Crystal Skull came out, party was excited like oh a new Indiana Jones, but at the same time you're like ooh. Oh yeah. man, this is gonna hurt, you know that. But there's still that that feeling, the emotion to revisit the characters, revisit that universe. This yeah. would just be something, to your point, like that, like the, the the Godfather series did, just to 
revisit the making of it almost seems as hilarious as the movie itself. So the the only problem is a lot of the people that made it don't remember a lot about making it. So much of (laughs) of the interviews I did were, you know, I was asking the director and the writer, John Dillon, so tell me about, there were four endings, right? He's like, yeah, I don't remember what that was. (laughs) (laughs) Don't? Maybe they were hanging out with Carrie Fisher, you know? (laughs) There might have been some more hay fever. Hollywood. That's right. As yeah. referencing, uh, as Carrie Fisher was originally slated to uh, be cast as Miss Scarlet, however, unfortunately, due to her going to recap, the or the insurance companies rather yeah. were the ones that nixed it. Not even the studio had a problem. No. With. But hey, it, there would have been an interesting, or not to say it would have been you know worse by any means, but you know there is a I certain type of. There, well, it, it obviously would have been different. To, I mean, I don't know if it's to say that it wouldn't have worked, but it just would have been different. It's it's tough to say. Well, the weirdest part, I could see her as Miss Scarlet, but Leslie and Ward was originally cast as Mrs. White, and that I cannot see yeah. at all. Yeah. It wasn't originally Madeline Kahn, and I don't know. I still, it's kind of a mystery when Madeline Kahn. I, I think she auditioned and wasn't going to be in it. And then when Carrie Fisher went out and then Leslie Ann Ward became Miss Scarlet, then the call was made mm. on Madeline Kahn, which yeah. that shouldn't be in any universe. That's, that's in like all fairness, anytime you see anytime you see Madeline Kahn in something, she just takes hold of that role so well that you're like, yeah, I can't she, see anyone else doing it. <laughs> no, she owns her scene in the Muppet movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what was that like for you? Like as someone who was such a fan of the movie, you got to interview all these great people. Like how was that experience for you? It was weird. It was, it was tough. The the hardest person to interview was Michael McKeon. And it's because I am, I love Clue. I Mm. love Spinal Tap, but Spinal Tap is Mm. well covered territories and there's no reason to make a Spinal Tap documentary. Right. So the hardest part was staying on topic (laughs) and knowing I've got him for an hour. Uh, the first time he was going to come and do the interview, he got in a car accident on the way and didn't make it. And I thought, oh, well, that's it. And But he rescheduled and he came back. And so there's there's a part in the documentary where he actually mentions how Jonathan Lynn knew him from, knew Michael McKeon from this other movie I had something to do with uh, called Spinal Tap. And I'm sitting like five <laughs> feet across from going like, oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, like, what do you do? Like, oh. Can you say that as David St. Hubbins now, please? Uh, <laughs> but, but did not. So uh, he was definitely the one I was most starstruck. Everybody else that I obviously I knew from Clue, it was just kind of weird being in there. And I didn't really think about it. I, I kind of went in. It was just me and usually one other person. Sometimes my dad came with me to help. And, it, and we, you know, we were just so busy setting everything up and then sitting down and going through my list that it was usually on the way home where it kind of hit me. That mm-hmm. was weird. <laughs> I was just in Colin Camp's office. <laughs> I got to okay. bring something up, by the way. And I, I just want to know if anything went went through your mind specifically uh, when she was talking about her time. I think it was when they were talking about Daryl. They were like, yeah. talking about like other movies that she had been in with Michael McKean. And she yeah. asks her assistant to yeah. look up other movies. And yeah. She has to spell out his name for the assistant, like the assistant wouldn't yeah. know automatically. And to me, yeah. it's like, 
I would think maybe, you know, that if, if now, the assistant doesn't know who Michael McKean is, there might be a problem. <laughs> I'm sure the assistant knows. Colin Camp was fascinating. There's a lot of raw footage <laughs> on Colin Camp where she's she was talking about this this award ceremony they had gone to the night before where they were trying to talk in code because I was there, but where somebody was hitting on somebody. And I've got like an hour of that. And then just do it, talk about that, where I kept like turning off the camera and turning back on. Like, are we ready? Are we ready? There's one point where she stopped in the middle of answering a question to order lunch, uh, which I'll probably put on the Clue uh, documentary website at some point. And then, yeah, there's a point, there's a point where she uh, thought for sure that she'd been in about five movies with Michael McKeon, and she's only been in two. But we took that trip around and you can kind of hear me in the background and I know she's only been in two, but I'm not going to say anything. Of course. So I'm like, huh, yeah. You just hear me being super polite in the background going, absolutely. That's it, just two. <laughs> but I think the assistant knew how to spell McKean. This is also during Metal Cross all time. So, he, he, you know, he's pretty popular. I also had to give a shout out that you uh, found a Tower Records. There's oh, you see the, that? Clips are, <laughs> that is a Tower. Yeah. Wow, like, I mean, I, I know. know I could just pull up any song right now, but I kind of just want to go in a store and just see what they have, you know? Yeah, it's empty. That's in Brea. And it just happened to be, uh, yeah, I know it's weird. I, most of the times where I'm in the documentary, I'm in a car. And that's just because I feel weird sitting in front of a camera. I know I look like I'm making some weird incel video sitting in a car talking about, you know, Pro weird thing. Yeah, yeah. Just sitting there going. And so, you know, John Lennon didn't direct. Uh, he went and made spies like us. But yeah, there's one part where I'm on by the Bray Mall and there's an empty Tower Records that still has the sign, but it's not, it's just empty. And it is, yeah, very big in the background. And I was wondering if somebody was going to notice that. And Ozzy, you're the first person to point it out. So. I had to. Excellent yeah. choice of clip on the spies like us, by the way. Doctor, yes, doctor. Uh, as a matter of fact, that made me go. I think that needs to be on our another episode. It, it's it's, <laughs> it's already on the list. We, we can't go. just be like '80s farce the entire time. You know, we got to mix it. You in, do unfortunately. What we That's fair. <laughs> yeah, we gonna be. You know, some there's somebody out there that has an issue with '80s comedies, and I don't know what happened in that person's childhood to make them hate life, but. <laughs> I, I want to just try and mix it up, you know? Yeah. Who, that's a terrible person. I don't even want to know that person. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you're not welcome. I'm not, here. I don't want to. I may no, not want to no. like have lunch with them, but I would, you know, I wouldn't mind if they listen well, you know to what? the show. I would want to have lunch with them because I'd, I would just go, okay, why? What is it? What do you, what do you like? What brings you joy? And it's probably something dumb. Yeah, it's maybe like, like look, if they want to be a Patreon so we can figure that out and we can yeah. be closer, yeah. by all means. <laughs> Donate and come on the show and talk for 20 minutes about why you hate 80s movies. Yeah. Uh, that sounds Ozzie. like a good idea. It's like a dunk yeah. tank. Let's go. Yeah. Ozzy's ready to debate. <laughs> I am so ready. You're like Gene Simmons. You get these ideas for cash. <laughs> oh, Ozzy will show for a t-shirt even when he doesn't want to. <laughs> um, I do want to say, Jeff, like, uh, first off, it's great to see you. Like, it's it's been some time, but like, see, yeah, you people in this don't know we know each other for we can know each other for years. This is fun, and, fun to do a podcast with people I actually know. 
I I just want to say, like, I really appreciated how much you let the people in your documentary be the stars. I see a lot of these documentaries and the documentarians feel this need to, like, have their moment. And sure, you were in it, like, in multiple, like, moments to, like, progress the story of it. But, like, I really appreciate how much you, you let the people tell their stories uh within this so like if anyone hasn't uh seen this yet please go check out this documentary like it's a lot of fun so but thank you thank you for letting these people have their even people who like might not get a moment to be in front of a camera <laughs> you know have their moment <laughs> yeah i mean that's that was kind of part of the journey of this uh, originally when i was doing it it was just the documentary it was just because I'd never seen anything behind the scenes on Clue before. So I thought it would be just kind of like my version of DVD extras. And then meeting all these people, they became the who and the who done it. So the first half is really very much making of the movie. And then it's the people that have taken this movie that did not do well in 1985 and have brought mm-hmm. it to this, this level. And now it's, it's, it's all because of them. And the, pe- the people that made Clue, don't necessarily understand it. I think they're starting to get it now, but that was part of the the fun of asking them, can I talk to you about Clue? With these people with amazing filmographies that have done a ton of other movies that said, you know, why? I said, no, because people love it. They didn't know. <laughs> like, really? They didn't know. Yeah. Oh, okay, I guess. I don't remember anything. And then it was like pulling teeth to try to get them to remember anything. Wow. So what is, from the, from the entire experience, what is your favorite story that you could share that didn't make it through on the, I guess, communicate? That's on not on there. Um, all the good ones are on there. That would be pretty lame if uh, <laughs> <laughs> this one's just for me. <laughs> this story is amazing. That's what, this is that's uh, what the huge do. orgy that took place in the billiard room. <laughs> I won't put that in. Uh, I mean, just. There were a lot of conversations when the camera wasn't on. It's funny when we were before we started recording, we were talking about how, you know, hit record immediately because sometimes things happen. So, you know, it would take me about half an hour to set things up and they would just start talking. Um, And I kept saying, oh, let's save that. Let's save that. And I would try to remember. Uh, I remember one of the times I did take my my dad. He was there on the Michael McKeon day. And when I was done with Michael McKeon, I did leave the camera rolling because then we were just kind of talking. I do have a picture of me and him just like off to the side of this hotel room talking. It's like my favorite thing. And I honestly don't remember. I remember he said stuff that I'm like, Ooh, I'm glad we're recording. But I didn't know my dad who was like still in the mindset of save film. Oh, stop the camera. So afterwards I'm like, Oh my gosh, I, this is going to be kind of weird because we're not framed or anything, but I'm glad we got it. And then I go back and look at the footage because that's always the scary thing after you film. I'm never comfortable after the interview until I get home and actually play it. I'm sure you guys have like recorded things and then you go back and go, oh, that didn't record anything. Um, <laughs> that's like my nightmare to get back and have the audio just not exist or something like that. And then, yeah, I turned it on and went, oh, it stopped right when I said, well, thank you so much. Click. <laughs> I don't remember what we said, but uh, the, the, the photograph, I'm laughing. But I was also I was so dorky with some of these people. That was the hard part of editing this thing is to listen to myself, like ask questions. And I would stop editing for weeks at a time because I would be, you know, at the table and I'd hear myself go, 
and I'd have to make fun of myself uh, asking a dumb question and courtesy laughing at something lame. And then I go, I can't listen to myself. And I stop. I had to distance myself weeks later, come back and go, okay, I know I suck, but I got to get through this. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, yeah. All right. let's get on to the ratings. Cause I, I realized we usually we hit the ratings right after our favorite moments, but we kind of, you know, had a, little discussion not to say we can't go back to it but i at least want to get these in there before we uh trail off any further but i'll kick it off it's an obvious five from me so that shouldn't really be a shocker greg i'm waiting for jeff to be like mm, garbage one um <laughs> no this this is obviously um because it's it, it and i think the documentary said it best uh, where this hits so many different types of comedy, there's something in it for everybody. And just about any mood you're in, there's going to be a moment in this film uh, that's fantastic. Um, so I, I'm with you there, Ozzy. It's definitely a five. Todd? The stuff I laughed at when I was nine, I probably still laugh at now, but there's so much more I laugh at now as an adult. Right. And if I didn't give it a one plus one plus two plus one, I would be doing myself a disservice. <laughs> That's a five. Todd, you beat me. I thought of that like an hour ago. Oh. <laughs> as I saw that you did ratings, I'm like, oh. <laughs> Perfect. No, actually, it should be yours. It should be yours. I actually wanted to save your, your rating for the last one because I, I having this experience of like really delving into it, in a rating, if there's anything else you'd like to say about it in like a short, you know, a shorter way than that oh, obviously wasn't like a 90 minute leveler. Um, I'll be happy to stop talking about Clue at some point. I will be honest about that. I talk about Clue okay. a lot. Uh, <laughs> but that being said, uh, I also, uh, I'm in the middle of a podcast right now with a, a friend of mine named Brad Gilmore where we watch Clue 60 seconds at a time. And then talk about that 60 seconds for about 20 minutes. So we've really been watching it for the past uh, few months. And it's the kind of podcast that's going to take a couple of years for it to be finished. Uh, because it's a 97-minute movie. Um, but uh, that being said, uh, I totally agree with what Greg was saying. Where um, it somehow the tone of this movie has no tone. It's very bizarre that the first joke of the movie is a poop joke. <laughs> he steps in dog poop and then they that's a running gag for like three minutes and then they abandon it completely then okay no more poop but yeah. then you have like jokes like you know the united nations organization becomes you know who and the initials and and i never uh the dragged it up you were talking about you never knew what pagan was i didn't know what a red herring was until years later um it's it's uh and then uh just Christopher Lloyd's gross character. He's like <laughs> super perverse. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I just think that it does, it's a weird movie that shouldn't work. And, and it really does. And it's funny that kids can enjoy it. And then people that, uh, that weren't kids when they saw it can enjoy it too. It's just, it makes no sense. And it was Jonathan Lynn's first movie. It's the first movie he ever directed. And you can tell that he came from theater because it does feel like a play. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason why mm -hmm. so many people do it as plays now. But uh, that was his first movie. And he's done good stuff since then. He did My Cousin Vinny, which, you know, great. 
uh, and the movie called Greedy, which a lot of people haven't seen, but that's Michael J. Fox and Kirk Douglas, and it's really good ensemble cast. Colin Camp is in that as well. Um, this is a long answer to say five out of five, but uh, <laughs> but I will say that I should be sick of it, and I'm not. So that's pretty good, right? Uh, because I know that certain movies, if I was forced to see or talk about for years and years and years, that would be the last thing I want to talk about. <laughs> All right, so, so five, yeah. Just to, I took a wild guess, but I figured there'd be, I'd figure you'd have some extra stuff you'd want to say, so I want to give you that time to do so. But so, transition. I think it would be fun to talk about the board game real quick. Okay, I have never played this game. It's hard to play. Uh, well, you need three players, first of all. And I know, growing up, I didn't have that many friends, so I did not play a lot of Clue. And you know Ozzy, and well, okay, no, very many. <laughs> let's let's relax for a second. The only reason, like, my parents didn't buy Clue the board game is because they didn't understand the concept. See, Chileans have a word called "weao" that's supposed to be short for "huevada," right? That they use for everything. It's like the word "thing," but it's like "wea weon," you know, whatever. So when you talk about the when you had somebody explain the the rules of the game, that was the first time I had heard of the rules explained to me I, I had no idea how this game operated or whatever right so yeah. when i heard i was like okay so the objective is to figure out who did it where and with what to a chilean every game would have ended with uh it was it was the or whatever they would just make up words because that's what chileans do so i don't think my parents understood it and we're just like ah, we don't get it so we know Monopoly. We get Monopoly. So that's yeah. what I ended up with. But um, I had never still to this day played a, a single game of Clue. Ozzy, my wife yeah. gave me a Star Wars Clue. We can play it. You can figure out Luke killed the at at with the, I don't even know. I've never opened it. <laughs> it's true. There's so many versions of Clue. You can play Seinfeld Clue. You could play. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Anything. I think. I don't think there's an office good. Clue, but there's an office. Or maybe not there's, yet. There should be. <laughs> If there's not, yeah. I'd be surprised. But you know what? There is not an official clue based on the movie characters of Clue. That was talk about a ball drop, right? There's mm. uh, an unofficial one that somebody made until he got a cease and desist. And I'm lucky oh. enough I have one, and it's awesome. But it's not, and it's you know, it's Michael McKeon as Mr. Green, and that's cool, and everybody. But they didn't do that. I mean, that's the most obvious tie-in. Yeah, especially especially now. <laughs> yeah, they can still do it. I mean, there must be a reason, but I don't. I can't likeness I, rights, probably. I guess it would be but... great if it was like on the board game. It was like the board game based on the movie based on the board game. It's like playing the 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 Street Fighter remake when the movie came out. Yes. Right, mm-hmm. it's adding mm-hmm. Johnny Depp to Pirates of the Caribbean. It just becomes this mm-hmm. weird, you know. <laughs> circle uh jeff um do you remember i mean because you're I, you're you're roughly my age um mm-hmm. the clue vcr games yes uh i was very confused by the clue vcr game because <laughs> they weren't the people from the movie yes, that's i did I... have it um i don't think i ever got through a full game i remember just the opening scene oh my gosh i mean this is i i know we had it 
And I remember they they had they all gathered in a room and there was lightning outside and that's the only thing I remember. And Mrs. White was the maid. Uh, there was no Wadsworth. You remember? But, way better than I yeah, I I just remember the second it wasn't you know Tim Curry and Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. I was like, wow, yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> it's fair. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I do, and I think there is on on YouTube that somebody made a documentary about the, the VCR the... game um, because that scared the crap out of me. I saw that on YouTube uh, a few years in. That's the bad thing about taking five years to make a documentary. You're just sitting there. Anytime like Joe Blow would put up like what WTF happened to Clue, I'm like oh no, or like Minty is like top ten things you know about Clue. I'm like oh, what's this? And I'm watching it like biting my nails, going okay, okay. <laughs> it's not what I'm doing. They don't have the actual people. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, but yeah, I think somebody made a documentary. I haven't watched it, but uh, now I might because you're making me think of that terrible, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so you had mentioned Spinal Tap as one of as your other favorite top comedy yeah. of all time. Any other top comedies that you'd want to list? Sure. I mean, at the you mentioned at the end, there's a of the documentary. There is a montage of while uh, John Hatch, who's who's releasing a book on the making of Clue, he uh, talks about uh, '80s nostalgia, and it's it's an, an idea that I think I'm working on a documentary about Midnight Madness. Uh, I've interviewed a couple people. I interviewed David Naughton, uh, and it'd be great to get Michael J. Fox since that's his first movie. But we'll see. Um, but I also, I like the idea of doing a documentary about 80s um, movies and what they mean to, to kids of that generation, because it's the first generation that got to watch movies over and over and over and over again because of cable TV, because of VHS. And it really became a part of their everyday life and everyday vocabulary and quoting and whatnot. Um, and it's so there's a little section at the end of Who Done It where it's clips of Karate Kid, it's clips of Last Starfighter, it's clips of uh all the movies that i grew up with so any of the comedies in there fletch um and it was hard some didn't make the cut like i did fletch instead of vacation but that's tough um uh, joe versus volcano we mentioned uh before i think we started recording i is one of my favorite movies that's 90 um but uh the jerk is late 70s but the jerk is great three amigos is great um oh shoot if you just think of the the yeah, I loved anything with Dan Aykroyd. I love Dragnet, so it's, I love that. That's why I keep referring to it. I'm glad you guys did that. Okay, well, I got to uh, ask. Ghostbusters, of course. What about Dr. Detroit? You brought up Dan Aykroyd. I have a terrible confession. <gasps> oh, no. I have not seen Dr. Detroit. Oh, my God. Todd's going to turn into the Hulk and right now. I have some friends, my good friend that I used to work with at the place we all used to work with, Jovan who thinks I've seen Dr. Detroit because he recorded a lot and I never <laughs> told him I hadn't seen it. And then it became way too late. And you think I would just watch it, but there hasn't been a day in my life where you know, I got like an hour and a half to kill it. I'm like, where's Dr. Detroit? <laughs> um, it just hasn't happened. I know I, I'm, a, I'm obviously aware I'm not anti Dr. Detroit. I definitely would love to. I know his wife is in it. I know he's kind of pervy in that. And uh, it's weird for Dan Aykroyd. I think it was right after John Belushi died when he did that. So he was trying to like find his way. But I have not seen Dr. Detroit. But, oh, Great Outdoors is great, though. Oh, There's yes. Another Dan Aykroyd. Uh, All right. well, yeah. I, and Ozzy's Roby after Craig. shock. He saw it for like the first time like last year. 
<laughs> no, no, no. But I That's mean, like, case, though, when Greg didn't know that there was a Dragnet movie, though, too, like you really <laughs> built that one. Like you wanted yeah. Greg to feel shame on that. I felt bad for Greg. Listen, like, okay. things, I I just go through you whatever emotions I'm feeling. I'm just go through whatever emotions I'm feeling, and yeah. you know, no, like, you're so honest. You're I'm, an honest I'm, broadcast. I'm, I'm honest. That's how yeah. we got the flames line. Was the was the sheer mm-hmm. like you know. Yeah, that, that you were feeling flames. In moment. I was feeling flames. I yeah. felt flames a lot. Definitely fair. I, I I have two questions for you, Jeff. Like one's one's for Clue. Like, do you know why they dubbed Mister Body's lines? Leaving. And also, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, what's the name of your podcast that you're working on? So, because I want to make oh, sure the you... podcast is the podcast. Very clever name, Clue the Movie Podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even come up with that. That I wasn't the smartest going with that. That was Brad, <laughs> um, my co-host. And as far as why they dubbed Lee Ving, if you see the documentary, it's one of my favorite things about John Fulham, the director. Um, Lee Ving, if you don't know, is the lead singer of a punk band called Fear. And Paramount really wanted somebody in Clue to be uh, big on Billboard and a musician. And John Lynn did not want somebody that was big. He wanted, you know, actors. And they had different people audition for Mr. Body. Uh, Bronson Pinchot was almost uh, Mr. Body. Uh, I just recently read. These are things I, I get so mad. I find out these details after it's done. Like, oh, I would have put that in there. Weird Al Yankovic they were thinking about for Mr. Body. That would have been distressing. Really? But, yeah, yeah that would have been a little. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so he didn't necessarily want leaving. And in the documentary, I asked John Lynn, uh, so how did this happen? How did you get the lead singer from a punk band to be uh, Mr. Body? And he thinks for a moment, he said, at Paramount's request. And that's all I really could say about that. And I go, okay. And then he pauses and he goes, but here's the thing. And then he just goes on <laughs> about how he's like, hates the fact that he had to cast him. So that's why he gave him the smallest part. I didn't know he was dubbed. It's actually Michael McKeon that told me, and it's not a scene that's in the documentary. It is a scene that's in our outtakes that's on the Clue uh, documentary website, which is cluedoc.com, by the way, um, where he revealed that he's dubbed. Uh, Leaving's voice is not that different. So it, uh, I was surprised to hear that. And if I had known before I interviewed Leaving that he was dubbed, I would certainly would have asked him. My personal theory, and I don't know if it's true, it's probably he's dubbed totally out of spite. Yeah. I think he just didn't even want his voice in there. Hmm. That's my theory. But that is just me. As a spiteful person myself, that's what I would have done. <laughs> so I just assume everybody's a big creep as I am and would have done the exact same thing. Like, all right, I'll put him in there and he's going to be dead like that. And you're not going to hear the voice he's famous for. <laughs> well, man. man. He's a rock star too. Maybe he didn't want to come in for some looping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe uh, he was sleeping. <laughs> but even but then, he was he in uh, Flashdance and he was in Streets of Fire. And yeah. if you want to hear his real voice, you can see those movies. And I, yeah, I, I think I said that before or, anyone was even on. Like I, I didn't even realize like the street because I know him from Streets of Fire, and the voice is like not that far off. So no, it, it's not. If anything, he it sounds like Joe Mantegna. Uh, which is who I thought it might have been. And I emailed him. I found his email on IMDb Pro, Joe Montaigne, and I just emailed and said, were you the voice of Mr. Body? Did not expect anything. And he responded back like the next day. Went, nope. There you go. Great bit in the documentary, by the way. I had a great chuckle for that moment. (laughs) 
because I really don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but I just go all in. I just say, it's not Jomantin, yeah. All right, and that website again was cluedoc.com? Cluedoc.com, yeah. Okay, and Todd, we can make sure we have that in the comments when this goes up, yeah? Excellent. All right, gentlemen, any, uh, well, let's get into the final thoughts here. Uh, Jeff, you want to kick us off on that? Clue is good. Excellent. If you haven't seen it, uh, you should probably see it. You should probably see it because I would assume if you're if you're watching or listening, you probably have seen Clue. But if not, check it out. We ruined the endings. You know who the killers are, but it's still good. As actually, as we didn't say who one of the killers was. We only said Peacock and everybody. We didn't say the other one. Well, there you go. You have a reason yeah. to watch now. You can find out that it was Miss Scarlet and the other one now. Oops. Well, there goes that. Yeah. But still available <laughs> on Amazon on Prime, Plus. as mentioned, and Paramount Plus, as mentioned yeah. earlier. And if you have MGM Plus, more power to you, but it's on there too. What's that? I didn't <laughs> That's even know a that new, a there's a new service, MGM Plus, that, oh. uh, I'm good. and I thought to myself, oh, okay, so like all the Bond movies, right? Bond? And then I, I show up on HBO Max, and like, look, we now have all the James Bond movies. I'm like, well, what are they, they going to have? So, so. Poltergeist? I, I think it's honestly just a retitling. It's weird because it, it used to be stars. Now it's MGM plus, but Amazon oh. owns the MGM catalog now. So the MGM catalogs everywhere. It's broken up all over the place. It's so like singing on the rain, basically anything that used to be in the great movie, ride At the Disney MGM studios. Most of those are actually owned by Warner brothers. Oh yeah. So, so it's even public weird. enemy. Yeah. All right. So Baseball's a great plug. Baseball. There you go. <laughs> by the way, today's episode is brought to you by MGM Plus. <laughs> Minus. Greg, any final thoughts? Uh, I just want to see this become like Rocky Horror, where people have it in theater and do stage production at the same time. Um, this, I think that would be a lot of fun, have rotating casts based on the different ending. Um, this movie's fantastic, and I, I think it should be in that kind of fun cult classic theater situation. And like Jeff said, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Todd? I'm actually going to quote the documentary. It makes me happy. I love it. Uh. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, absolutely. It's It's absolutely one of those ones that had it been introduced to me, in that era where I was watching airplane over and over again, was watching space balls over and over again, it would have fit that rotation because it, it melds right into that same type of fun that anybody can enjoy at any age. So it's absolutely fantastic. Be sure to check it out. So if you guys don't have anything else, I think that'll do it for us this week on flesh wound farce, Jeff Smith. Thank you so much for joining us. And oh, big fun, uh, big fun. hopefully we can do it again when that midnight madness mo- uh, doc comes out. Yeah, there you go. Digging deep. No, no, you know, no, no pressure, no rush or anything like that. But hey, it took five and a half years for the clue one. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. (laughs) (laughs) No one's gonna wait five years for Midnight Madness. I know it's not quite. Oh, you never know. You know. And you know, maybe no pandemic to interrupt anything. So <laughs> that could be a thing. Fingers crossed. Good point. Yeah. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, again, once again, thank you so much, Jeff, for joining us. For Flesh Wound producer Todd and world-famous juggler Greg Larson, I'm Ozzy V, and we'll see you next week right here on Flesh Wound Farce.